Hi, everybody. I'm Ella. Hi. I'm Kate. And this is Coffee and Cryptids. format a little bit we're still going to be talking about Colorado um or Kate's going to be telling me about Colorado quite a bit and then we don't have a guest this week because we just have tons of Colorado content I guess it's just going to be me talking for a long time that's okay a lot of this podcast is me talking for a long time (laughs) um also the audio equality this week is probably a little bit different um I won't really know what it sounds like until afterwards, but we're, I'm recording from home because I didn't feel like going places. As you shouldn't. So We're in a pandemic. Nobody should be going places anyways. You're setting a great example. Exactly. I really am. Um, yeah. Uh, Anyway, I wish I I had like topics in mind for this week, and I've like kind of already forgotten them. I the only thing did you watch that TikTok I sent you? Yes, we could talk about that. Yes, okay, I saw that in a video of like creepy TikToks, like a YouTube video of a girl that was just watching creepy TikToks, and most of them were like, oh whatever. There's like that one that went around a week or two ago where the girl's like dancing, and then there's like a head in the closet behind her Hmm. which is kind of creepy because like but I think the real creep factor with it is that you don't see it until you watch it like five times oh okay because it's in like the closet doors open but it's dark and so you have to watch the video through several times to see what you're supposed to be seeing and I think that just always makes things scarier yeah but the one of the little boy and he's just playing and doing his little thing with the flashlight and then he walks away and his shadow stays there terrified me (laughs) I will say (laughs) it was obviously like I went to the guy's account and he makes horror content like it was yes I was gonna say I went into the comments and everybody was like it's the obvious edit for me (laughs) (laughs) I also I haven't when I watched it it was like on my tv from across the room so it wasn't like I was seeing it on my phone screen so whatever it was a lot less obviously an edit for me no, I understand. I, I mean, it wasn't, like, I don't catch that kind of stuff, but I'm yeah. a natural skeptic for that kind of stuff. So, like, I, it's not like I was sitting there, like, oh, come on. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I go into the all of them assuming, like, <laughs> I go into so all funny. of them just assuming they're staged. But that one caught me off guard because I don't know what I was expecting to happen. Like, I was expecting the toddler to, like, say something or yeah. be like, Daddy, look at my friend in the corner or something. I was not expecting the toddler to just walk away and his shadow to stay exactly where it was and then move of its own accord. Yeah, especially because he did say, like, at one point, he said, like, who are you talking to? Um, and so that's kind of what I was expecting, too. But I also thought it was funny that in the comments, as we've discussed, I look at the comments. I, like, for the most part, the reason that I look at comments is because people are funny mm-hmm. and I that usually they add some layer of humor by saying something extra or the creator adds extra or like responds to comments and says things mm-hmm. um so I don't go in like looking for a fight I usually come out with a fight but you know <laughs> it's not something my intention it's collateral um, <laughs> so I there was somebody in the comments that was like he may have something attached to him. Have you considered blah, 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 and like listed off all these options and somebody in the replies is like, LOL, it's an edit. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the effort this person put in. Poor, the poor thing. I feel like that there are a lot of um, videos I've watched on like ARGs on TikTok where like obviously someone who knows what kind of content they're going into, you go into it knowing that it's fake and that it's a yeah. like a, 
a plot line someone's building. It's a story they're telling and they're just using this format. And it's really cool. But there was one not long ago. Um, I don't remember the guy's username. I don't really like his videos. But he talks in all of his, he gets on my nerves. But he talks in all of his videos in this, like, really high, um, it was, like, a really high voice. Like, he's just just all over the place, and his voice is really high. And at some point, he posted one where he was, like, in a regular, deep, normal voice, was, like, this is my voice. This is the way I speak. The the version of me that you've known as a character. And yeah. there were, after that, there were all these, like, weird videos where he would it's just him doing like normal stuff and being a like a normal person and but like the name of the audio would be something weird or like there would be something happening in the background that was a little bit off or yeah and so many people got worried about this guy like (laughs) people were like calling police to his house oh my god and it went on for like a couple of weeks and it got to the point where somebody called the cops to his house and he had to come on to a live at some point and be like, that was, that was all like some sort of experiment we were doing. It's like an ARG situation. I'm fine. And just went back to posting his normal content after that. But just like people on the internet with things like that, who I think get I so convinced more, that it's real. I would be more concerned that someone had found my address to send the police yeah. to my house. That was, like, I guess that was why he stopped, because he got freaked out that people tracked him down enough to contact his local police station, give them yeah. his name, and have someone sent there. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. He he said that he was getting, like, incredible. calls from his, he was getting calls from, like, his family, like, are you okay? Have you oh been, God. like, kidnapped or something? Because people thought that, like, someone was holding him hostage or oh something like that. Yeah, and it was all... It was all a joke. It was all a thing. There were a couple of other um, people on TikTok doing it, but I guess none of the other ones had, like, quite as huge a platform or, like, as many people following them. So, like, it didn't get as insane for them. But, yeah. So wild. Um, what else I did, because we are vastly appro- – we are quickly approaching October. Um, I should mention we are recording this on September 28th. So I don't know when it'll come out, but it's not quite October for us yet. I'm sure it will be once you hear this. Um, if not later. Yeah, I was going to say it might even be after October. But so because we're vastly approaching or we're quickly approaching October, I um, decided that I'm going to do like a movie a night in October. Um, And I put together like a list of 31 days of movies. And like Alex and Cameron helped me because they're the two like movie people. Mm-hmm. that I know are they all um, are they all like spooky themed movies or yeah, yeah so they're okay. all like either specifically Halloween movies or monster movies or horror movies um and I'm gonna have to do some flipping around because I decided that I like I want to have Invasion of the Body Snatchers on there and mm-hmm. um there was another movie that we were talking about the other night that I might want to add um so I might lose some things but one of the movies that I made sure to put on there was Don't Look Under the Bed. I've never seen that. I have not seen it probably since I was a kid. I just remember that, like, I loved it as a kid, but I thought it was horrifying. So I'm really interested to watch mm-hmm. it again and, and actually see, like, how scary it actually was. Hmm. Like, it's pretty fun. Yeah. You should send, send me the list. I probably won't watch all of them just because I'm terrible at watching movies. Yeah, I've been, I've literally been trying to watch the same movie for like the past week and a half. And I just have not sat down and done it. (laughs) I think the first movie I put on there was Jennifer's Body. Yes! We have to watch that together. Yes. Um, I will make time October 1st. (laughs) uh, That's like Wednesday. I, sweet. I work early on Wednesdays anyways. I'll have all night. (laughs) Um, And uh, what else? I put The Conjuring on there. Yes. Coraline on there. So you know the big shake. Yeah. Um I skipped a lot of like the decom stuff, like Halloween Town and Twitches I didn't put on there because I feel like if I end up watching those this October it'll be like I just do a, like features of them. Like I just watch all of them at once. Yeah. And it'll like, end I can't up imagine. on like, a Saturday or something. 
Yeah, I can't imagine watching sitting down and watching one Halloween Town movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. There's some stuff on there that I've never seen before, um, and I've wanted to. And there's some stuff that I just haven't seen in a while, or that I watch mm-hmm. every year, like Coraline. I watch all the time. I might take yeah. Coraline off of it for myself, just because I will watch Coraline anytime. Yeah, it's in such regular rotation. Exactly. At least once a week. Like, yeah. Not as like, much now that they took it off Netflix. But they took it off Netflix. Yeah. Ooh, I might be in trouble. They then. did it like back in um, maybe March or April, because I was staying at Haley's then, and I got really upset one night that I couldn't sit and watch Coraline because I was just not in a good mood, and I was like, I want comfort content, and I want it now. I and, screaming some more. And Haley had to go find her Coraline DVD for me. I've also decided that I that my my cabinet are haunted but you decided this but only because haunted sounds a lot more interesting than house doesn't function as a house Uh, yeah (laughs) i think no i just like i have a couple cabinets and i think it's probably just because they're like i don't know they're oh they're weird or whatever but they don't like lock into place when you close them and so they're constantly Mm -hmm. just popping open on their own and ca- there were some cabinets at my grandma's house that used to do the same thing. Like, you'd close one and the other one would pop open. Yeah. But these ones, like, they literally just, like, they'll be closed and I won't do anything and it'll just pop open. So they just don't function as cabinets. <laughs> and I've decided that having a weird little ghost that just likes to open my cabinet is a lot more interesting than... I mean, that's very fair. <laughs> It's, it makes for a much more interesting party story. Ghosts exist on my terms only. <laughs> All right. Speaking of things in the kitchen today, though, I have um, the Alexa in the house is in the kitchen. And yeah. it's in, like, a, a corner of, like, the kitchen counter. And my mom has just – she's a baker, and so she's scattered around the kitchen. She has several bowls of buttercream icing, and they have aluminum foil on the top of them. And I found out today – that if the base on the Alexa hits just right, every bowl of icing with aluminum foil on the top of it in about a five-foot radius will rattle. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was minding my business this morning, just carrying on my – I did the dishes. I was sitting down to finish up my notes for this. I'm just listening to Phoebe Bridgers, and I don't remember which song it was. But the bass in it hit just right, and I came out of my seat. Like, I got so scared <laughs> because so many bowls at one time just rattled, and it's that, like, that tinny noise that just, like, yeah. sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Should we just, um, should we get into Colorado? Oh, I did want to say, before we get into Colorado, yes. another aside. Um, you were speaking of the, the cabinets. There was, I'll have to go back and find it, but there was another TikTok in those where, like, it was just this woman and she was trying to, I think, film a video of her cap. And her cabinet started opening, but they didn't just start opening. They started opening and then closing again. Oh. So at least yeah, yours aren't do doing that. that. Yeah, mine It was, that. And it was, like, one opened and she thought her cat was in the cabinet. She's like, oh, my God, how did you get up there? And then a different one opened, and you could, like, see into that one, and you could tell the cat wasn't there. And then both of them closed, and then a separate one opened, and then closed, and then a bottom one opened and closed. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be mad if mine closed themselves. Save me that you know, trouble, you know? Yeah, that'd be nice of them. If the ghost is going to go as far as to open them, they may as well close them. <laughs> um, so before we get into it, are you, what are you, are you drinking anything? What are you drinking? I, I, well, I've got the last of a coffee that I'm sipping on because I got coffee after I went to the gym. Gotcha. And it was a white mocha and it was iced and it was from my local shop. I, I um, am very broke at the moment, not to out myself to the pod, but mm-hmm. um, I'm very poor at the moment. Um, and so I realized on the way home that I had stars left. Ooh. So I stopped at Starbucks and I got like a venti peach green tea. 
Um, but I also just want to add as an addendum, I'm, um, I'm, I'm taking a break from coffee for a minute, not just decaf or not just caffeine, but like coffee because Saturday, (laughs) Saturday I woke up, I was like, I'm going to finish this book I've been reading. And then I went and made myself some coffee from my French press. And the bag of coffee that I had, I just assumed was decaf. It wasn't. Oh, no. So I made, like, the full French – full. I, like, filled the French press. And it made, like, two cups of coffee. So I had two cups of coffee before, like, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then ate a bag of, like, the mini muffins, like, those little bites things. Yeah. Did my yoga, worked out, did not eat until 8 o'clock. And by the time I was cooking at 7.30, I legitimately thought I was going to die. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like that. I felt like I was dying. Um, And so I've been mistreating my body a little bit. Yeah. I like to treat her better. I like that we both had that kind of weekend. And doing yoga. (laughs) And then instead I said, I'm going to work out and do yoga and also not eat anything for 12 hours. And just ingest more caffeine than you probably have in the past, like, six months. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) And thus the green tea. (laughs) Yeah, don't be like me. Don't be like me. Drink water. Just hydrate. Eat more than once a day follow my example by doing the opposite of what I do with everything I do. Treat yourself better than I treat myself. <laughs> you lead by example of what not to do. My body is not a temple. We've had this conversation. My body is not a temple. <laughs> anyway. So Colorado, anyway, huh? Colorado. <laughs> Colorado's interesting, I hear. It's Colorado is so interesting. I have always like Colorado is a big bucket list place for me. I've never been there because I've never had any legitimate reason to go to Colorado. Yeah. But it's like there are so many things in Colorado that are bucket list things for me to like explore or experience or whatever. Yeah. My um, best friend lives in Colorado. And when I was looking for jobs, um, I was looking in Colorado. Oh, nice. Yeah. Maybe you should Obviously, listen to them again at some point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but they've got because like they've obviously got survived this year. (laughs) That's true. I will say they've already had snow. Oh yeah, they had snow weeks ago. Yeah, they had like two days. They had like twenty four hours where it was like seventy degree weather and then snow. Yep. Yeah, I was on the phone with Megan the night that it was seventy degrees, and she was talking about how it was supposed to snow in the morning. Yep. They couldn't really Love to see, see the it. Sky because there was so much ash in the sky. Mm-hmm. So you, you gotta, you gotta love climate change. You really do. <laughs> Nobody's doing it like her. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, um, but like they've obviously got like the airport, which is terrifying. And I wanted. I'm a big enough fan of the shine. I've always wanted to go to like the Stanley Hotel, all Wait, that hold stuff. On. What airport? The Denver airport. I need more context than that. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. I didn't even put that in my notes because I thought everybody knew about the Denver airport. All right. Well, you know what? You don't have to drag me on air. Okay. No, we're going to talk about the Denver airport now. Um, so it's it's the Denver International Airport. And when they built it, it the estimated cost of it was something. And it ended up costing almost triple that. I don't remember the numbers. It was something it was and it and something. <laughs> I thought I could remember the numbers before it came out of my mouth and then I didn't. But <laughs> it co- it ended up costing twice to triple as much as it was supposed to, okay. which is not super abnormal for an airport, but it is super weird because there was already an airport in Denver not far from this and in a much better location a fully functioning airport they were already using. And for whatever reason, they decided they were going to build this entire other one. And then the reason 
part of the reason it cost so much was because there is an entire underground bunker, like quote unquote bunker. It's just this unused underground space that nobody knows why it's there. Where like some there's some areas where like you could tell where they started building like a baggage claim and stuff like that. But for the most part it's just unused and empty and enormous. And nobody's got any clue why they built it, who planned it. Nobody knows. There's no answers for that. Weird. Um, it was it became such a big thing that like for a little while they started doing tours of it. Um, I think at one point they were saying that it was part of the reason it was there was so that like airport staff, you know, like the the underground tunnels at Disneyland. Oh where, yeah, like, the cast yeah. members move around. They were saying it was like that, but nobody used it. That's weird. They've also got out front when you are like on the interstate or whatever, and you're coming into the airport. They have an enormous statue of a horse. He's blue. He's veiny. Um, he's got veiny? glowing red veiny. Like you can see, like his like like vascular system, like, like is that. sculpted into it. He is bright blue. He has glowing red eyes, like little light bulbs in his eyes. Glowing red eyes. And he's got an enormous um, penis. <laughs> Good God. That is also quite vascular. Uh, they call him so- Lucifer. So what you're uh, telling no. me is that they let they let someone who was definitely into fucking horses design a horse. I guess so. They, I think okay. this <laughs> this might be wrong. This might be wrong. I'll have to look look it up, and then like you can decide whether or not you want to leave it in. But I think that that's the statue that the guy that was sculpting it, um, he got so far through it, and then it fell on him, oh and God. it killed him. And somebody oh else had to finish it. And Lucifer killed a man. Horses. <laughs> but anyways, there's that. And that's, like, right out front. That's what greets you when you get there. And then there's also, like, the paintings inside. Somebody commissioned these, like, specifically for the Air Force. Like, these were pieces that were paid for by the whoever pays for Air Force. The state, whatever. There's also on the inside, there's a bunch of paintings um, that are just unnerving. One of, let me find these pictures because okay. I need you to see them. I sent you these pictures. Okay. The first one is, I want to say, in the, like, um, like, the arrival and departure area. Like, it's right where you walk into the airport. And then the second one is on, like, a terminal, like, as you're walking past security and stuff. So, but the first one is definitely, like, one of the first things you see when you get into the airport. Hmm. Okay. And it is some... I'm struggling to see what the second one is. It's it's a two-part series. The same artist did both of these. And the first one is obviously, like, some iteration of, like, a Nazi soldier. Yeah. And he's got his little sword, and he's keeping all of these kids captive. And then in the second one, it's meant to be, like, world peace afterwards. Like, they've got the the Nazi is, like, dead on the ground, and there are doves on him, and, like, everybody's rejoicing. Interesting. But they're terrifying. Yeah, those are... Mm. And oh, wow. all of the art that's in this hotel, not this hotel, this um, airport is like this. Like, it's not all by the same guy, but it all has that energy that's just unsettling. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. All right, well, I guess that's the Denver airport. Now I know. That's the Denver airport. And there's not really much explanation for any of it. It's just creepy and weird. Um, (laughs) There are some people that think the underground part is like an Illuminati thing or like a government thing where it was built to be like a bunker for people, like rich people if the world ends. For, you you know, know, people to buy their way in. Do you know when the the airport was created, when the airport was built? I can tell you right now in 1995, not very long ago. It was born in 1990. It was born. It was created the year it was born. <laughs> Look at that. This airport is as old as I am, and it has, like, a Nazi portraiture. Oh, yeah. 
Like, this isn't something that they did in the 60s or the 40s that when that was, like, chill. Maybe. No, yeah. Maybe it was meant for Y2K, man. Yeah. But, yeah. That's for Y2K. Maybe so. And those paintings aren't old, either. They were painted specifically for the airport. Yeah, no, I was thinking, like, Yeah, it's not old art. I was thinking, like, oh, maybe, um, maybe it was meant to be, like, a bunker for, like, nuclear war if it was built around that time of like the cold war when everybody was actually like afraid of that yeah, now it's just our daily life but anyway. it's true yeah but it was just the 90s and they built that weird airport for no reason and it when there was already a perfectly good functional like fine airport miles away from it in a much better area and there's all this weird stuff about it i really want to go there anyway that's so strange that wasn't anyway. even on the docket to talk about today <laughs> yeah God. Well, that was like everybody knows the Denver airport. I'm sorry. No, I mean, it might just be one of those me things where I've just deep dived into this airport for no reason. I assume everybody knows about a lot of things that I know about that people are like, what are you talking about? So, I understand. We just know a lot of things. But, um. We're Gemini. Okay. Exactly. That's our job. So. I have several stories for today. Um, The first one is fun. It's really fun. I saw the name of these guys. It's maybe the only one. The first big story I have is like an actual urban legend cryptid type thing. The second one is one that I saw the name of and was like, I need to know more about this immediately. Assumed it would be some type of cryptid thing. And it actually ended up being something that actually happened. Oh, okay. And it just had a character in it became sort of like, I guess not really an urban legend, but like a character of the area. And he got a really cool name. You'll you'll get why when I get to him. Why this guy called me? Yeah, <laughs> like he just he just became somebody that everybody knew about. So the first guys we have, they're called Tommy Knockers, which is just the most fun name I've ever heard in my life. Um, Wait, say it again. Tommy knockers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. They, um, the article I found them on, I found them on the Out There Colorado website and then looked into them more and I found most of what I ended up with them about from the Aspen Times. But um, they came with a picture on the first ones I saw and a little bit of a description that was old wrinkled green men little short guys um but from what i found after that no one's ever actually seen one so the i don't know where that description came from and i think i like better the idea that nobody's ever seen them because they're meant to be they're a mine story a miner's story and it thought that they were brought in from the welsh and cornish miners that came to colorado because you know like lots of mountains there are lots of mines yeah, and they were meant to sort of pass the time. They were just a fun story to explain things, and then later became something to scare kids out of going into the mine. But they're just these little guys, these little tricksters that live in the mine, and sometimes they would steal tools. Sometimes they would just like knock around, you know, make noise, do fun stuff. Yeah. But it thought that you could that they would either signal good fortune was about to come to you. Or that you could follow their knocking to find, you know, like gold or whatever you're mining for. They were, like, really fun guys. They were meant to bring good things. Except if you actually saw one, that meant you were about to die. Jesus Christ. Wait. Sorry. <laughs> I, I had to rush over to unmute my phone. <laughs> because it's one, it's one thing to be like, Okay, you know, even if these aren't real, they were probably just, you know, something that miners created to sort of, like, keep themselves entertained and kind of explain, like, they probably lost a lot of equipment, just got misplaced, got kicked around, because you're in a mine. Yeah. (laughs) I could find find no explanation as to how you would die, if it had anything to do with them. They're they're thought to be, like, sort of elvish trickster spirits or things. It's supposed to be, like, an omen. Like, if you see one, you're about to die. And I just want to know. They're a great thing until you see one. I want to know why. Why does everything have to take that dark turn? 
I I feel like I relate to this though, because you you can perceive me on my terms, but if you see me, maybe you should die. Like, no look at me ever. I'll, <laughs> I'll kill. <laughs> I'll kill myself and everyone in the room. But I thought they were really fun, and I thought that until the you'll die if you see them part, um, oh. they were. It was nice to find like a benevolent cryptid, one that meant good things were happening, and you weren't about to have your your limbs ripped off or your health torn apart or something like that yeah i like them they're cool but um the second guy that i have i'm sorry i didn't sec- really i didn't know if you had more but the, yeah no those are fun that's no fun. that's really all there is on them leprechaunish yeah they kind of do they're, just, they're silly they made me think of the dwarves a lot like the the probably just in snow white just because they were also miners but but that was what I was picturing in my head, you know? Yeah. Just knocking around down there in the mines, minding their business, minding their business. Stop. <laughs> I was waiting for you to, I'm glad you reacted to that. I would have cried if you hadn't. Um, but anyways, the second one I have, he's called. Are you ready? The Denver Spider Man. Of course. <laughs> of course this is who you think. <laughs> I saw this, I was looking I found him on a Reddit page for uh weird Colorado urban legends and the guy the person that posted about him, the username is Mugglepucks on whichever Reddit page I was on, I don't remember. Okay. But uh the Denver Spider Man. And I looked into him thinking it was going to be, you know, like a like a forest cryptid or something. That's not at all what I got. <laughs> but we're going to talk about him anyways. <laughs> oh, no. Um, he's tied a lot to Chessman Park, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, that was one of the other sort of small stories I brought. But a lot of weird stuff happens in Chessman Park. Um, it was in 1942. This guy, his name is Philip Peters. He was just walking through the park, and he runs into an old friend whose name was Theodore Coney. Okay. And Theodore, I guess, was like down on his luck. I don't. I assuming he was homeless at the time. Um, and he had planned to run into this guy, who was thought to be very well off. Um, and he was gonna ask him for money. You know, help me out. We're buddies. But. Peter's wife was sick. She'd like fallen and broken her hip or something. She was in the hospital. And so he really didn't have much money to throw around. And so he just like politely told Theodore, no, I can't help you. I'm sorry. And carried on. Uh, Theodore did not take that well. He decided that he was going to watch Peter's for a long time. And I guess he kind of stalked him for a little while and figured out the guy's routine and figured out what times he leaves his house and when he leaves his door unlocked. And man gets into this guy's house, and he has enough time while the house is empty to explore a little bit and find this hidden little doorway up into his attic. I hate this story. I want you to know that I just, I hate this story. (laughs) And he, I hate it so much, and I hate that this is the Spider-Man that I ended up with. I know sort of where it's going, and I just don't like it. Yeah, and so he lives in this guy's attic for a while, and... Peters is in and out. I also just love that it's, I do love that it's a Spider-Man story and the main character's name is Peter. But anyway. I was going to say that. It it works out a little bit for my branding, but um, he just lives in this guy's attic for a while and Peters is out of the house a lot because his wife's in the hospital and he also has a job. So it, there's nobody in the house for a lot of the time. And one day Theodore is up in the attic and he's just chilling and he thinks that Peters is at the hospital and so he goes downstairs and he's not really paying attention to how loud he's being and he goes into the kitchen to I guess get food or whatever but Peters was napping and all of the noise woke him up and so he goes into the kitchen thinking he has an intruder and scares Theodore and Theodore picks up what was closest to him which was a cast iron pan and hits Peters with it and kills him no. Um, and then I just doesn't do anything about it. 
he just goes back up in the attic and at some point the neighbors realize they haven't seen Peters for a while and so they call the cops and the cops come in and find the body there yes what happened to Peter's wife I'm about to get there oh okay sorry sorry she's still in the hospital at this point she goes home eventually I I missed that she was at the hospital my bad but she gets discharged at some point the police find Peter's body they can't find any leads they don't know what happened this is the 40s so like it's not like they could dna test him or whatever and he just seemed to have died in his own home where there was no like forced entry or anything like that because the call was literally coming from inside the house they still knew what blood force trauma was back then but it's fine yeah they knew it was a murder but they didn't know like they didn't have any leads for who did it yeah and so they just called it a cold case and were like i don't know um but Mrs. Peters comes home from the hospital and she keeps seeing like shadows and hearing noises and she keeps calling the police and they just think she's crazy. Like she keeps, she keeps telling people there's somebody in this house, there's something in this house and nobody believes her. And neighborhood kids just decided the house was haunted because they would be like doing their thing and they would see the shadows and they would hear the noises. Yeah. And it just, it became a thing that this house was just haunted. And then randomly at some point, there was a policeman doing a patrol and he actually saw the shadow or whatever and something alarmed him enough that he decided he was going to go investigate it. And he caught it just right, came in the house and he heard the, the click from the attic door and came around the corner just quick enough to catch Theodore by the foot and pulled him down and he was like emaciated and just like crazy and he confessed to the murder and everything. Oh my um, god. Like, that's that's the Denver Spider Man. I guess they called him the Spider Man because he lived in an attic. Like Yeah, that makes sense. I hate it. I hate it a lot, but it makes sense. I do you remember that thread that went around on Twitter? about the person who came into their kitchen and saw somebody and there was somebody living in their walls because I think about that every day yeah and like the way that they found out like they were a kid and their parents thinking that they were sneaking down and eating leftovers and then they thought that they were making up that they saw someone and and then they the way that they found out was that like the body was rotting above their bed yep in the vent in the vent where he could look down and see him I, I that ended that. up being a fake story. Like that ended up being. Did it? Like, okay. Just a, good. Yeah, it wasn't real. It was just like a, it was a Dear David situation. Okay, I but because like I remember when I read that, I like scrolled down to see if they were saying that it was fake. But like, mm-hmm. I think it was recent enough that nobody had called it fake yet. Yeah, um, no, that haunted me for a long time, and I ended up at some point the guy was a horror writer, and it was. Oh, that, he you know what? I did several that. things like that. It was I a bunch of like that. short story threads. Oh man, I horror fake or not, that will haunt me forever. It's terrifying. That's one of the worst things in the world. I think somebody living in your house and you don't know it. That's one of the most terrifying concepts. It's, I am horrified. Like I'm so scared of that. My only con- consolation is that like I genuinely don't think anybody could live in these walls. Also, Spartan would know. That's true. That's true. You're right. Like, you might not know, but your dog would know. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, he, so he's not necessarily a cryptid, but he's, uh, like, a a big local story there. So he got his revenge, right? He got the revenge he wanted. He killed this guy. He wanted money. The guy wouldn't give him money. He killed the guy. I don't think he was really out for revenge, even. I think that he was just, like, a guy sort of down on his luck, and it was Colorado, and... I think at some in one of the stories it mentioned that it might have been winter, and I think he just went there because it was winter in Colorado. Oh, and I don't think. Wasn't like, okay. Yeah, I don't think it was a revenge thing. I think that he just went kind of nuts up there, and then when Peters startled him that time, he just reacted. Um, but anyways, while we're there, we can talk about Chessman Park because um, while we're this there. place. While we're there, while it's tied in, I guess in a lot of the store, the articles I read about this guy, they sort of tied him to Chessman Park, and I don't know if it was just because it was close 
or like Chessman Park's known to be quite haunted. So I don't know if there's an idea that maybe the ghost kind of drove him insane or maybe that now he haunts it and he's one of them. I don't know. I don't know what the idea meant to be. But Chessman Park, it used to be a cemetery. It used to be a huge cemetery. And uh, what was the – I didn't write down a year. But um, at some point before 1942, because that's when Spider-Man happened, it was a cemetery where there were a lot of marked graves where, like, rich people would be buried. But a lot of poor people and criminals – and just, like, unclaimed bodies were also buried there. Except, obviously, those burial sites were paid for by the state, so they were done really cheaply. And they had this contract with a grave digger who uh, was paid by the casket. And so they would sort of throw several bodies into one casket. And yeah. so a lot of people were buried together sort of randomly just to save money. And also, <laughs> the guy that was the grave digger was not also paid to refill the graves. And so he wouldn't do that. Wait. So there were just a bunch of open holes in the ground with no. bodies sitting in them. No. Yeah. And I don't know why they, I don't know why they didn't hire somebody else to fill the graves or just tell this guy, Hey, fill them back up. But they let it go on for a long time, like a lot, a long time. There were a lot of bodies just in open holes in the cemetery. Um, yeah. And at some point, I guess they, somebody had enough of it. They ended the contract with this guy. And shortly after, they decided to just fill everything, flatten out the land, and build a park there. No. A huge park. No. Like, I read somewhere, like, it's a big enough park to have, like, a botanical garden and, like, a whole ton of stuff. Culture guys, come on. And now, <laughs> just randomly, bodies will come, will surface. No, I mean, In that makes this sense. Park, it makes Especially. sense. It makes all the sense. Yeah, if obviously, they're buried low enough. Yeah. And, but it's just, it's the stupidity of the decision to build a park there. Yeah. Because obviously, bodies are going to surface. Like, as Imagine recently, as recently as 2016, four bodies surfaced. No. in this park no. we're just, and yeah that's um terrifying <laughs> and that's the park that's said to be obviously really haunted because there are just a ton of bodies there that weren't treated with any care any respect and then they bulldozed over it and made it into a park God. terrible terrible okay. awful people are terrible <clears throat> um then there is also, ooh, related to weird cemetery stuff. I just yeah. have so many notes, and some of these are just like three sentences. This is like a, a one or two sentence one. There's a different cemetery, Riverside Cemetery, um, where at some point there was like a a flood of some sort, and it flooded this old cemetery, and there were just bodies floating down the river. Like, there was a nearby river where it washed out, and there were just just bodies. No. Just just no. floating. It's just a no from me. It's, it's a big no. It's no. Mm-mm. And um, no. another grave thing. I have so many cemetery-related things. I didn't realize how many of these were cemetery-related things and grave things. But also, in 1981... Um, is that 1981? I feel like that year might be wrong. <laughs> I feel like 1981 is like kind of recent to have died of tuberculosis. <laughs> hmm. But at some point in history of um, this other town, which I don't have written down what town this is in, somewhere in Colorado, this girl uh, named Emma Crawford, she was sick. She had tuberculosis. Her family brings her into this town because they're said to have, like, healers or whatever. Doesn't work. She dies of tuberculosis, as one does. Um, and, her fa <laughs> and her family take her up the Red, Mount the, the Red Mountain, which is whatever mountain was closest to this town, I guess. They take her up, and they bury her on the mountain for whatever reason. People and still die of TB today. Oh, 
okay, so maybe it was 1981. Maybe I'm not wrong. Anyway, um, they take her up and they bury her on the mountain. In the coming days or weeks, at some point in the very near future to that, there's a, another flood, God. the mountain flood, and her casket comes flying down the mountain. Oh, just, wow. just racing right down the mountain back into the into town. Her casket. And do you know what they do to commemorate this? Because they, they commemorate this in this town. It's the whole thing. Every year on the anniversary of it, they have coffin races. No. Yes. Where That's people. So disrespectful. Right? And it's like a whole thing. Like this is their their yearly tradition thing. They have coffin races where people put wheels on coffins and race them down the mountain, I guess, and through the town. And it's a whole thing. And it's, it's the Emma Crawford coffin race. No. Terrible, right? Quite awful. Absolutely not. Um, let's see, what else do we have to talk about? I did have, there's also, I had a bit to read from this article. We have so many, there it is. Um, I've, maybe not everybody's heard of it, but in Thornton, Colorado, there's, it's on Riverside Road. I guess this is the same Riverside that the cemetery where the bodies washed into the river is connected to, but there's the gates of hell. Mm. That that's where that's said to be. I feel like most people. I had heard of this, but I'd never really looked into it. Um, where? But, I'm sorry. Thornton. Thornton. Okay. Thornton. Um, like Horton, like Horton has a who, but with a th. Um, there's, and I found one bit where, the what's her title? Oh, the founder and director of the Denver Ghost Hunters. Oh, um, okay. Her name's Stephanie. Uh, she wrote like a little a little bit about it that's not that long, so I figured I could read it. Yeah. Um, the first time I inv- investigated Riverdale was many years ago. My first lead investigation, and I went out to the road to spot some. I went out to the road to spot good sites that I thought would work for our team and guest investigation. I was drawn to one part of the road. It was daylight, but there was something about this spot. As the team psychic, I'm off. I didn't realize she was a psychic. Questionable. As a team psychic, I'm often asked. <laughs> I'm often asked to locate hotspots for activity. That night, we went to the location, and I got out of my car and began walking down the road. It seemed pretty quiet, but you could hear the oil drums beating in the fields. But other than that, it was quiet. I decided to walk on the other side of the road for a while. As I was walking, I could see someone ahead of me. The first thing I remember was they had on boots, but otherwise, it's very shadowed. I've seen ghosts, and this one just seemed to be walking towards me. I, I tried to think rationally. But I just kept getting nervous, and then that turned into panic. And at some point in my walk, I turned and ran the other direction. Ran and ran from the shadow with the boot. Past my team, past the camera crew, past the cars, until my head cleared. On camera, they caught a white ball of light zooming past me. A little orby. Uh, after a few moments, I cleared my head and walked to the other side of the road. Felt fine, no trepidation at all. But every time I walked to the other side, I could feel some panic feeling. This got me thinking if it was some sort of imprinted event that I could only see and feel if I stepped on it. So I began to get volunteers on different nights and have them experiment. I told them nothing of my experience, just had them walk down the road for as long as they could and then come back and tell us what they felt or saw. Some have reported seeing the shadowy figure, others felt scared, some ran back to the car, some felt like they were being followed, and others just felt ill. We have captured video, EVPs, photographs, but the most compelling is the sound of footsteps behind you as you walk along the dark road. I've never found any historical evidence to support this story, but I can't, I keep looking, da-da-da. I, There's a lot of stories like that from that road. My favorite thing about you, I just love this about you. It's not my favorite thing, but I I love this about you. (laughs) That executive director of the Denver Ghost Hunters gave you no pause, but you saw psychic, and you went, (laughs) well, (laughs) oh, like... Because, see, I feel like if you've got, like, photos to back it up, hers did. Like, she had – there were different accounts from different people. It wasn't yeah, just no, I went there and I got a feeling. I just – I feel like ghost hunters are a little more reliable than psychics. <laughs> okay. Because at least ghost hunters have to have some sort of evidence to back it up. A psychic can go, I really feel this, and th- that's all you you got to go on. That's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so there's also the Gates of Hell. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to get through some of these kind of quick. 
Are you curious why, like, that makes them think gates of hell? There's just a lot of stories connected to that. That was the only specific one I could find that seemed to be, like, cited and sourced. Um, because yeah, it's from I mean, the, like, the lady. But I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just, like, a really supposedly haunted road, and they called it the gates of hell because a lot of gotcha. stuff happens there. Gotcha. Um, there's, like, a, there's a bridge near here called, like, the Devil's Bridge or something dramatic like that, and it's the same thing. I mean, it's I feel just, like it's, everywhere. It's supposed to be. I feel like everywhere yeah. has, like, a hell gate or whatever. Yeah, or that's like theirs. And it was also interesting to me that that's where that I Riverside Road would have, I guess, be the same as the Riverside Cemetery, mm. where all the bodies just washed right into the river. Oh yeah. Um. Ooh, ooh, ooh! We get to talk about aliens. Oh, okay. I'm. I forgot I wrote this down because it's sort of like it starts with vampires and then it goes to aliens. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> So there is, in the Lafayette Municipal Cemetery, there is what's thought to be a vampire grave. It is a headstone that was laid, and instead of being, like, carved into, it looks like they kind of wrote in wet uh, cement. So it's just this really raggedy-looking headstone, and there are two bodies in the grave, but not all the information is right. It's really old. and. the name on it, at some point, someone decided, I read all this earlier today, and I don't remember all of it, but they traced it back, and someone somewhere along the way decided it was a vampire, and this one ghost hunter, uh, her name is Drea Pendragon, which is just the coolest name I've ever heard in my life. Of course it is. <laughs> she did some sort of investigation with it. And she thinks that it's not a vampire, but it's like a playful spirit, uh, some type of trickster spirit that is playing on the rumor that there's a vampire there. Because she says that she heard her EVP or whatever, however that works, heard some spirit say, do you want to see my steak? That is the worst pickup line I've ever heard. Right? You're going to see my steak? But, I um, it came out of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer porno. Oh, my God. It really does. <laughs> but there's, like, a there's a tree that's coming out of the, um, the, of the grave, like, where it's buried. And there's, oh. like, the idea that the tree germinated from the stake through the vampire's heart or whatever. Um, you know, how stakes work. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. That's how growing trees work. If I stick a stick in the ground, it'll turn into a sycamore. <laughs> exactly. And then the one of the guy's names, somebody traced it back to mean, like, I think it means rose in, like, Latin or some other language or something like that. But, like, in the places where his hands, I guess, would have been, there are roses growing on the ground for seemingly no reason. Um. Yeah. That's exactly how vampires work. You know, their namesakes for outside of the ground. That's in all the mythology. Um, but yeah, that, that was just interesting. But connected to that, there was a whole thing. I was in like, say. Yeah, no, it this trickled down. We're going to go from vampire grave to maybe there were vampires killing cows. Oh, okay. Because there was a whole thing in the, I wrote this down. It was in the, the 60s. And farmers were just finding their cattle and sometimes other animals, but mostly cattle. They were just randomly dead in the middle of the field. They were drained of all their blood. They had, they were skinned alive. And some of them had like organs or stuff removed. Um, But it was mostly the blood drained part that I guess people went vampires. Um, Yeah. But this happened for like a long time. It went on long enough that there were more than 100 incidents that it wasn't just in Colorado. It spanned nine states in that region. I guess it fingered out and just kept going. But um, 
by the time the FBI got involved and the FBI got involved and then they said it was natural causes and kept going because you know there's tons of natural causes that drain blood and skin animals and stuff like that yeah um i have a lot of questions i have answers for none of them well (laughs) anyway i i'm because we still haven't reached aliens (laughs) so i'm curious where this is going so we go vampires vampires eating drinking cattle blood to just weird things that happened with animals in Colorado. There was a horse, and I had heard this story before. I think maybe they covered it on, like, X-Files or something like that. They did something like it. Um, Snippy the horse. I got most of this from the – Snippy. Okay. I got most of this from the Alamosa News website. Um, They did a whole write-up on it. But in – I guess I don't have a year written for this down either, but it really wasn't that long ago. There was this family that lived in the Alamosa area and they had a horse. It was this young guy who lived with his grandma and it was his sister's horse and he was taking care of it. And one day he realizes this horse like always comes back to the stable. It always comes back home and it hasn't come back home. So he goes looking for the horse. And he finds the horse. And I guess maybe I should give a a warning for, like, animal cruelty, abuse. Yeah. Some messed up stuff's about to happen at this horse. Skinned cows. Oh, this is worse. Some messed up stuff's about to happen at this horse. He finds the horse. Its head is gone. There's no head there. It's a completely clean cut. The horse has been missing for a few days. It's obviously been dead for a few days, but it's not bloated. There's no decomposition. There's no evidence that any sort of, like, vultures or any of, like, the animals, any scavengers or anything had touched it. It's just sitting here completely untouched, looking like nothing's happened to it, except that its head's gone. Um, But the footprints I was trying to find where I was in my notes because there's a lot of stuff about this horse but the footprints for the horse like they found where it's walking the footprints stopped about 100 feet from where the body actually was and there were no drag marks or anything no footprints other than the people who went out to see it there was no evidence that anyone or anything had been there Um, it had about 15 circular burns on it that seemed to have come from some sort of maybe like exhaust type hmm. these weird burns and about a, this bit was really confusing but about a hundred yards away from it there was a this 10 foot radius there was a bush that was standing upright and then in the 10 foot radius around it every bush around it had been flattened to about 10 inches interesting and there was no explanation for that and on the bushes around the horse, there was this gelatin-like green glob that the everyone, whoever was there, that somebody touched them and it said it burned their hands. God. Um, and then there was a piece of metal with horse hair on it in the bush also. The lung, heart, and thyroid were missing from this horse. The brain and all the abdominal organs were gone, and it had no material in its spinal column. And all of these were, like, expertly clean cut. It wasn't something that any sort of animal could have done. It was, like, it's clean. The Whoever looked at it said it was the cleanest cut they'd ever seen. They had, like, an actual, like, medical examiner look at this horse. Um, there was no blood anywhere. I'm not near it, not anywhere. All of the cuts looked like they had been cauterized, but by lasers in like modern technology now that they didn't have then. Like now we know what that looks like, but they didn't have that then. Yeah. When was this again? I'm sorry. I want to say it was in, let me Google it to be sure because I didn't write it down. I want to say it was in like the maybe 80s or something. Yeah, the 80s. This is 50 years ago. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, that the the only thing anybody could come up with was some sort of alien something because you know there's a lot of UFO UFO spottings in Colorado, and there were a lot of people in the area around it that had said they'd seen them around that time. Um, but there was still is absolutely no explanation for what happened to this horse. It's the bit about the burn, like the cauterized cut that gets me. Because, like, the rest of it, maybe somebody was just crazy. But, like, using technology that didn't exist for decades after that. Mm. like, Yeah. Interesting. That's going to be the horse. What else do I have? I have... Only two more things. One of them is really short. They're on the Pentate? P-E-N-T-I-T-E-N-T-E. That canyon. I don't know okay. how to say that. That's a lot that was, of... You spelled that way too fast for me. There is some sort of religious society cult situation happening there. Um, there is... If you go... I don't know that the cult's still there, but it was at some point. If you go now, you can still see there's this big mural up of Lady Guadalupe um, painted on the side of the canyon that's still there. But um, there was a religious society there, some kind of cult, that would reenact the crucifixion. And when I say reenact the crucifixion, I mean oh, no. they would put someone on a cross and and whip him. Like This is like a midsummer moment. Um, and I don't really have any more on that. That was just, that was a thing that happened <laughs> at this canyon. And I guess at some point they stopped. Um, someone stopped them or something. But there was a cult there that did that as a regular thing. Like they did this to more than one guy. And I don't think they killed them. I think they just like put him on the cross and like flanked him for a while and then let him well, down. Then did you really reenact the crucifixion? Right. You know, like, how close is it? It might have been a real midsummer moment, and maybe they did kill him, and I just... That's a really horrible thing for me to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did you really reenact the But the last one... It had a decided end. (laughs) Yeah, there was... Yeah. (laughs) had a specific ending. (laughs) But the last thing I have, um, this one made me think... You remember the story you had about the lady with the head? that just rolled around the mountain. Yes. This one kind of has that same energy. She never loses her head, but I feel like they would be friends. That was West Virginia, I believe. (laughs) I feel like they'd be pals. Um, This lady, she and her husband lived uh, near the east slope of Lookout Mountain, wherever that's at. Um, I got this story from the Denver Horror Collective, but... um, Around that spot, there's a lover's lane, and they lived somewhere around it. She was said to already have been pretty crazy, pretty mean, and he was sick, and he died. And after he died, she just, like, went fully unhinged. This woman lost her mind. And it was said that you would see her just walking around the woods looking for firewood, I guess, but she would have a hatchet in her hand. And she was just muttering to herself. And as time went on, she got more and more unhinged about it. And if you, she saw you, she snarled at a lot of people. And occasionally she would just charge at people completely unprovoked. Um, But every time they called the authorities, she would always somehow manage to elude them. She would go back to her house or whatever she was doing before they got there. And I guess she dies at some point and now she haunts the place. And so there's this lover's lane there, and a lot of people have said that they'll see her or hear her uh, described as a hag, dirty and bony, with a nest of gray hair. She moves with astonishing speed and strength. And when she swings her hatchet, she yowls like an animal and bears gap yellow teeth. They really spared um, none of this woman's pride when they were describing her. I think if someone talked about me this way, I probably would also swing a hatchet around a lover's lane. But um, she'll chase people, whether they're on foot or in their car, but everybody seems to lose her at some point. I guess she never leaves that area. But uh, she's the hatchet lady of Red Rock. 
and she just just roams the mountains as a ghost with her little hatchet and scares teenagers that are going to hook up in the mountains. And I feel like she would be friends with the the beheaded lady that just rolls around and screams and bites people's ankles. Me too, honestly. I feel like they could be buddies. Me too. I would have a tea party with them. I would. It might be a very hostile tea party. I don't know how much they'd enjoy themselves. They don't seem like the kind of civilized ladies to enjoy tea parties. You can just sit there and sip tea and scream in the woods, and I will be happy. But yeah, that's all I have for Colorado. I could have kept going for much longer. There's so <laughs> many. I didn't even talk about the Stanley Hotel or anything, um, which I think generally in spaces like this, the Stanley Hotel is thought of as not being that cool because it's just overhyped. But I um, also think it's cool. Is the Stanley Hotel what's the from The Shining? Okay, yeah. Well, I feel like that's probably because it's not it's not actually like haunted. It's just part of this movie. And I mean, I it was meant said to be haunted before they filmed it there, and then they filmed it there, and it was yeah. A lot of the the story in The Shining is based off of that hotel too. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Also, um, um, the one small addendum, the Tommyknockers. Apparently, yeah. there is a, a little Stephen King book about them. Oh, interesting. Okay, I wow. I that really, earlier. Uh, Stephen King, he's just, he really likes Maine and he Colorado. He really do be writing. He really do be writing. He just really, he just really likes Maine and Colorado, I guess. Or hates them, depending on, you know. Yeah, depending on your stance there. Um, your outlook. Cool. So... Yeah, uh, we are way, way, way over time, so this week's episode might be kind of long. Um, we've been recording for almost two hours. Oh, wow. So, well, that's not true. AirPods haven't died. That's not true. I don't know how long it's been since I started recording, but it's definitely over an hour. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming back. Um, hopefully, you have continued to come back and enjoy listening to us prattle off nonsense. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I never know how to end these things. I don't know I either. I'd get better with. I'd get better at it, but I think I'm getting worse. <laughs> Just here are our stories for today. Hope you enjoyed them. Bye. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you have not. It is at Coffee Cryptids, and we would love to hear your cryptid stories from your town growing up. Feel free to DM us or reach out. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.